Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Now, in Acts chapter 13 verse 35, There was a coat that was made from Psalm 16. So I want us to read the Acts chapter 13, 35. And then we will go back to the, to go and look at it in the Old Testament and see. Now, wherefore he said also in another Psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now, the word holy here is not hagios. The word here is Hosius. Now, this statement was actually captured from Psalm 16. So, if you want to understand Hosius, you have to go back to Psalm 16 and find the meaning there. Because he's not saying anything different from what is in Psalm 16 verse 10. Are you with me at all? Yes, sir. For thou will not live. Look at it. For thou will not leave my soul. Where? In hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So the same thing. So actually, Acts hasn't said anything different from what he only quoted from the Old Testament. And in the book of Acts, that's what they normally used to do. They quote a lot of the scriptures. Now they understand you see, the whole book of Psalm, majority of the, of the chapters were actually speaking of Christ. Speaking of Christ. Look, it was in the book of Psalm that we realized that the person who betrayed Jesus was his friend. <laughs> and in the book of Psalm, he didn't mention name. He said his friend. I'm sure your eyes goes to Judas, right? But it could have been Peter. Because Satan tried with Peter and it didn't work. But Judas allowed himself. Don't allow yourself. You, you are full of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Say glory to Jesus. Now, 400 years before Jesus came, I was there. And I realized that 
the scribes and the rabbis, they realized that the Greek language was becoming more apparent in nations. Even some of the Hebrew people, they didn't understand Hebrew. They were not reading. They were hearing Greek. Because Alexander the Great had conquered a lot of cities. And so introduced the Greek language, just like Ghana and Africa. When the British colonized us and they defeated us, they introduced their language here. You, are, you speak three in this country, but you speak English more. Yeah. Yes, My son doesn't speak, he doesn't speak uh, three fluently. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. But when you speak English, oh, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm fine. And you use some words that sometimes me, I don't even, I don't even understand. It's the same scenario. So you know what they did? They now translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek. And the translated Hebrew Bible from Hebrew to Greek is called Septuagint. Have you heard that before? Uh -huh. It was 400 years before Jesus came. They did that. Septuagint. S-E-P T-U-A Gint. J-I-N-T. Septuagint. <laughs> I'm sharing with you so that in case you hear anybody say, because you'll be asking yourself, ah, but we don't have Greek. If you're a good Bible student, you realize that uh, Greek is not in the Old Testament. Then you are, you, that means you didn't finish school. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, when we go back here into the book of Psalm, we won't go into the Septuagint. In the Hebrew, which was translated into the Septuagint as Hosios. Okay? Hebrew used a very amazing word called Hesed. H-E-S-E-D. Hesed. And the word Hesed actually stands for this is the same holy. I'm talking about holy. This holy here you see here. In the Hebrew, is the word hesed. And hesed means grace, mercy, loving kindness. Grace, mercy, loving kindness. So what is holiness? Holiness is mercy and grace. Holiness is mercy and grace. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Hmm. Holiness is mercy and grace. So you know what? We that are a holy nation, no wonder we are in grace and we are under perpetual grace, perpetual mercy. That's why the born again doesn't pray for mercy. Because you under his head. So actually in Psalm 136. When he was saying that. For God is good. And his mercies endureth forever. That word mercy. Is his head. So in other words. His grace. Or his holiness. Endureth forever. He said oh give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. 
For his has said, endure it forever. So the word has said here is the word grace, is the word mercy, is the word holiness. You see, when you understand this, it makes you praise God in diverse ways. And out of, from chapter, uh, verse 1 to verse 26 or so, or 25, all David kept saying, what was constant in this scripture was that his mercy, his said endureth forever. His holiness endureth forever. His grace endureth forever. This is one constant thing with God. What it is that you, you need to know of God is that his holiness his grace, his mercy endures forever. That is why when you come into Christ, remember, his grace endures forever. That is why when you come into Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. Because his grace over you endures forever. If God said, I have mercy on you, it is forever. Amazing. Amazing. So you see the different... The, is it holiness? Yeah. Holiness has nothing to do with sin. Yes. Holiness has nothing to do with sin. Now, during the first mention of the word holy, it was in chapter 2. Sin hadn't come yet. It was in chapter 3 that sin came. So, if the opposite of holiness is sin, what was he being holy of? Or holy against? Do you get it? Because in chapter 2, verse 3, not even the last verse, chapter 2, verse 3, it was even in verse 7 that the Bible says he formed your man as clay. Man had not even entered the word. That's when the word holy was mentioned. Creation did not sin. It was man. In fact, what I want to say is that trees and and every other thing, the moon and the things that God created didn't sin. It was man that came. Man in verse 7. He came. And in verse chapter 3, he sinned. But before he came to sin, God has already declared the seventh day holy. So obviously, holiness has nothing to do with sin. Please get that right. So that in case you make a mistake in life, you don't see yourself to be unholy because it's one of the weapons Satan will throw at you. So you go to church and you can't mingle with the believer because you feel filthy. So you can't eat communion. <laughs> they say you are holy, you are filthy. You are, you are not holy. So there are some churches, the, day, the Sunday they eat communion, that week is called the holiness week. So that way they, don't, they won't even talk. They won't even brush. Because they don't want to do anything to make them, you know, so they walk piously. But after they eat the communion, no. There was a lady that came here some, some time ago and we're, we're sharing communion. I've given some amazing rema on communion or the Lord's Supper. She still says she won't eat. So I, I stopped again and I explained. Then her eyes were open. She said, then she ate. So for a long time, she's been denied of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. 
Because there's somebody here whose water does not contain the ashes of Hepha. It is only bitterness in his word. Condemnation. This, this condemnation. You can't eat the communion because you are not holy, because you are prostituting, because you are doing this. Okay. The man of God, the first people that ate communion, were they born again? They were not born again. But they were the ones that ate the communion. <laughs> you see, what you see is not what he sees. That's why he loves you unconditionally. He loves you irrespective. That's how come you are born again. Sometimes you find yourself doing some wrong thing and God still says, I love you and I'm still, you are still coming to heaven. And they are like, no, how can it be? This guy is unholy. Why? He's been fornicating, so he's unholy. No, sir. He's still holy. Because the word holiness has not been understood. <laughs> now, the question will be, if you are separated, can you lose that position? Can you lose that separation? Because though you are separated from the world, some people get themselves going back into the world. So when they go back into the world, have they lost the separation? We'll get there. I'll show you three scriptures on Hoseos. First Timothy 2.8. Thank you, Jesus. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Hmm. You know, there are some of you, you pray, you don't lift up your hands. When they say lift up your hands in church, you think so, they, are, they are punishing you. Because you, you don't have an idea. That's what you are seeing. Said, I will, I will. Therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up what? Holy hands. Without wrath or doubt. Or doubting. Now, lifting up your hands is a sign of holiness. It's a sign that I am the one that has been separated. I have been separated unto God. I lift up my hands. David said his own in a different way. He said, let my lifting, the lifting up of my hands be as an evening sacrifice. Because it is after the evening sacrifice men are chosen. It is after the evening sacrifice that men are forgiven. That men are freed from enslavement. Men are free from the bondage of sin. Men are free from the corruption of the earth. Men are free from the elements of the world. It is after 3 p.m. <laughs> All right, Hebrews 7.26. You see, in the realms of the Spirit, the flow of the Holy Spirit is not our rhythm. Musicians, this is something you must know. You, you move by his move. The realms of the Spirit, he moves like a tennis ball. I've taught you before. He, he moves like this. By the time you realize, it's like this. And there are some, because he will have to take the song out of your mouth until you have no words to speak. That's the true essence of worship. If you want to sing songs by rhythm, you will still be in the flow of men's environment. Hmm. 
of course, a lot of people are chanting. But the essence of chanting is when you get to the peak where words cannot utter, cannot be uttered. And the sound must come. At that point in time, we say you are worshipping in the Holy Ghost. Not with the Holy Ghost. It's like prayer. We pray in the Spirit and we pray with the Spirit. You pray with the Spirit when you begin to pray. You are praying with him until he takes over your prayer. And he begins to now pray through you. At that point in time, he will seize your words. He will seize your mind. He will seize your heart. And all you end up doing is, that's what happened to Apostle. You saw Apostle yesterday. That's what happens to you until you begin to make sound. The Bible causes groaning. Groaning is not, huh, huh. The groaning means deep sighs with tears. Because you see, he's praying for you. You cannot pray for yourself. Because the Bible showed you that the whole God looks at the mind of the spirit who intercedes for you. Romans 8, 27. If you want to learn to the, know the flow of the spirit, you have to be free and follow him. And that's like sometimes you are leading a song or you are singing a song and it can be that song. That song throughout. That's the way of the spirit. Look, he said, and he that searched the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And this is where the church must get to. We have been praying with the Holy Ghost. But he must get to the point where he now begins to now what? Pray through you. And when he begins to pray through you, that is when you begin to deep sigh. Sometimes you see some people <laughs> and words are not coming. Because your words has been seized. See, your words are unholy to a holy God. You live in this world. Your words are not separated. Sometimes the kind of things you say, the kind of things you tell God, they are vocabularies you have learned from, from talking to the people of the world. And you are talking unto a God who is so separated. And so his Holy Spirit, who is as holy as him, will now begin to pray, release the exact words through you unto him. That's how the Bible says, God will look into the mind of the spirit. Why? He's praying for you. Because the verse 26, that we don't know what we ought to pray for. We are praying. But he said, we don't know what we ought to pray for. And I keep telling you, he didn't say how to pray. He said what to pray. He said, likewise, the spirit helped our infirmities, our inability to produce results. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself that's what make it intercession with you for for us so that's when your senses are taken that is how the bible was written he sees their minds and their their intelligence and everything and then he breathed onto them and they wrote exactly what heaven wants them to write hmm so you need to know that. Otherwise, you will be, you will be worshipping and your worship will just be in the terrains of men. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know why I ask you not to play this? Because it has to be a, by discernment. Is it now to play? 
Or is it now to add this? We don't just, you see, in the realms of men, we just want to do it because it has become a ritual. In the spirit, there's no ritual. In the spirit, there's order of flow. You guys were singing a particular song I heard you doing one of your worship and then the drum came in. I said, God! Because by the spirit, I just knew the drum, it was supposed to be only the voices and the keyboard. That was all. So realize that you build an atmosphere like this and then it drops. Do you know why I sang the songs yesterday myself? Because you would have dragged it for me. And then I wouldn't have been able to flow the way I'm supposed to flow. So you must learn the way of the spirit. Sometimes it can be very soft, but there is a flow. Sometimes it can be very fast and you have no idea. Sometimes it can be changing song. You can sing a song, just one. You sing it, you sing it, and you sing, and you sing another. Because there is always an angel. You see, there has to be a connection of what is expected, not what you want. That's I can worship is not about you. Worship is unto him. You get it wrong. Now let me show you. You become a weak worshiper when you are a weak prayer person. What do I mean by weak prayer? Because it is in the realms of prayer you get to understand the spirit. And that is how we worship him. Hmm. Okay. Was David able to play the harp? Just a harp. And the Bible says, and demons left Saul. There were no symbols. There were no songs. There were no words. You get it? Yet you read in other scriptures, and they are using psaltery and symbols and this. They are all not there for a purpose. They are all there for a purpose, actually. So you know by the Spirit, this is what God wants at this point in time. This is what God wants at this point in time. You get it? So if you don't pray a lot, you cannot worship God in the flow. There's a guy I saw recently. I don't know. Is it Jonathan or something? Not, what's his name? Huh? No, no, no. It's Nigeria. Nathaniel or Jonathan or something. Some new guy. Theophilus. When I heard him, I just knew he prays. And he was singing normal songs, but they were on the, on the flow of the water of the spirit. The same song you will sing. But the amount of spirit that the song were on was amazing. You see, music is not music without the spirit. It's like preaching. So you learn to know how to release. But until you learn to work with him, you cannot know. That's why I told you on Friday, you must learn to wash your feet with this word. You pray. Pray a lot. Hmm? You know sometimes you are, praying, you are singing with a microphone and he will ask you to just put down. He will ask you to just put down and lift up your hands and sing. You see, he has, because the thing is not about you. <laughs> it's not your worship. It's him. David knew this. David knew how to move God. Reason why, after he had slept with somebody's wife, had a child, and God says, I will kill you. Three days he was in the temple. He laid prostrate. He knew some aspect of worship. 
that change God's mind and God says, I won't kill you again, I'll kill the child. What at all did David do that made God change his mind when God knew the, guy, the king has erred? That's the power of worship. But you see, because David is a prayerful guy, he knew what moves God. So you need to learn these things. Okay. Titus 1.8. One more use of Hosea's. But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and what? Temperate. This is, these are the qualities of a bishop. These are the qualities of a bishop. So God is saying that as part of this criteria, hmm, as part of this criteria, you need to be what? Different, graceful, merciful, loving, kindness, kind. So the holy is not just being holy. He's saying a bishop, because a bishop is an overseer of churches. He said one of them is that you must be gracious. You must be merciful, because people will mess up. You must be merciful. You must be loving. You must be kind. You must be separate. So that's just one word, holy. You see what we are finding? So imagine we want to go into sober, just, temperate. Then you will really understand God's mind, what he was saying. English doesn't do justice to the word for us. That's why you have to go back to the Hebrew, the Greek, and find out what it actually means. Amazing. But you see, let me bring you fast forward to our, our state as Christians today. Now that we are believers, in Colossians chapter 3 verse 3, the Bible says that we are, we are with Christ. Hid in God. We are with Christ. Hid with God. I want you to notice that. For ye are dead and your life is hid. Sorry. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Our life is with, hid with. That's the partnership. Hid with Christ in God. In God. Okay. This is amazing. This gives you a, an idea. Why am I telling you this? What I want to tell you with this is that because of where you are hidden, you are holy and you are holy forever. You are holy and you are holy forever. You better believe it. This is one of Satan's areas of crushing people. This is Satan's way of crushing people with ignorance. And remember, ignorance is one of the dead. We are already separated unto God. We, born again, are separated unto God. Now, remember we read in Leviticus 11, he said that, be you holy as I am holy. Alright. Now, Ephesians 1, 4, the Bible says that according as he had chosen us, and that's sanctification. 
According as he has sanctified us, chosen us. In him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. Which means that our separation, our, choice, our choosing, or our sanctification was unto holiness. So we that he has chosen, we are not striving to be holy. It was part of the package. The day we received Jesus, we were sanctified. Because you see, you cannot be a born again if you are outside Christ. You are born again because you are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, you cannot you cannot be unholy. Because it, you see, the fact that you are in Christ means you are holy. The fact that you are in Christ means you have been chosen. The fact that you are in Christ means you have been separated. And the life of Christ is unto his father. Which means that our separation is unto the father. So we are holy unto God. And because we are in Christ, we will have no blame. That's how come he will present us faultless. Before the father. During the judgment day. Now, people always attribute holiness to our physical. I'll explain that one to you. Maybe let me just do that. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-LJedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting print and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.